Welcome to episode number 10 of season 2 of the Younger, Smarter, and Better podcast, teaching teens and young adults important life skills and habits so they are better ready and better prepared for life. This episode we're going to be all talking about proactiveness and breaking down the idea of choice. So really breaking down that first thing, right? The idea of choosing a choice is really it's an awesome gift that we have, right? Cuz we get to make choices. And spoiler alert, you make choices every single day. Surprise. So we talked about a little bit about this last time about indecisiveness and breaking down on procrastination, but really choices kind of make up your day, right? You choose whether or not to wake up this morning, choose whether or not to get out of bed, to make, to make, get on clothes, to make your bed. All these things are, they're little, they're little small choices. You decide to brush your teeth or not, decide to do your hair or not. If you're going to like wear your, your right, your red socks or your blue socks, these are the sorts of choices you make in a day. And they kind of lead up to what your day looks like. At the end of a day, you're like, okay, you look back and you're like, all of the choices you made over the course of the day make up what your day looks like and what it turned out to be. So really, the underlying principle to do or accomplish anything is to choose to do and accomplish it, right? Because if you don't make a choice, it can't be done in a sense. If you really have to like sit down without choice, you know, people would be left to like react hastily and to like haphazardly to like any scenario right if anything pops up like some scenario or some situation pops up you're left to if you don't make a choice you're just going to react to it just like haphazardly like ah you're just going to slap somebody in the face accidentally Ah, so what you got to do is you got to make sure that you're actually choosing to make choices you're not just reacting to life and life scenarios so what what happens is is say you have some situation pops up right your friend comes at you and he wants you to buy him lunch because he's hungry and you're a friend. So now you've got the split second choice. You're like, okay, you've got like half a second here. You're like, yes or no? Um, well, you see here, this is this is a choice they're making. One, you can like, okay, he's a good friend. He doesn't normally ask for money. Sure, you can lend him some money for food. Okay, that's, that's one possible choice. Another possible choice is, okay, no, I'm not. Because why didn't you get food by yourself? So you can. there's all these things that happen, but they happen in a split second. And really, there's a few different things you can do to expand this second, to make this second really count and really be, like, super important. But what we want to do is we want to reflect on the idea that you have a choice in these decisions and that basically all of life is lived in choice. And not only that, but all of life is lived in a split second between the situation and the action. It's the choice. That is really what decides the path you are in life and really, like, that's where most of life is lived. It's lived in that split second. So you have the power. Another thing is you have the power to choose, right? You can't necessarily choose what happens to you. A lot of that is up to circumstance and situations and scenarios that you're in, right? Maybe from consequences of past choices, which is another thing. You have the ability to choose what you do in your actions and your choices, basically. You do not have choice over the situations you're in or the consequences of your actions. Uh, if you decide to not pay for your friend's food, you don't have the, uh, you know, you don't have the choice or the control over the outcome of that. Maybe he's like hungry for the rest of the day, or he goes to like somebody else for it, right? You don't have choices. You don't have the control over the the that 
consequence of that situation, right? And you don't have the control over the consequence of also the alternative scenario. Like you give him money, you don't have control over necessarily like getting that money back unless you were like forcibly do something. That's a pretty bad idea anyway. So really this idea of control and of choice is really that you have a choice over certain things and that you have to really reflect on that, right? Because like when you're making choices over the course of the day, it's very easy to forget that you're actually choosing what you want, right? You want to keep your priorities, your priorities. You want to keep the main thing, the main thing. And as you're going about today, right, you're you're making you're making little choices. You chose to click on this episode, press play, or however you got to this information, right? You you chose to get to this point, right? And what you do after that is also a choice. Now, some things happen to you, and you can't really decide that. Um, but in some things happen as a repercussion of making those choices, but you can't really decide that. But the choices you have a responsibility to make choices for yourself. That's that's basically what I'm saying. That's the first part of being proactive, right? You have the choice to do something, the choice to be proactive and to take initiative. So the second thing we have is talk about the locus of control. And I'm gonna be honest with you. When I first saw the word locus, I constantly thought I was like, that is definitely a type of flower. That sounds like a flower, right? A locus that is totally a flower. It's actually there's I think a locus is an insect. Along with a locus is just a, um, you know, it's it's kind of like a circle. It's kind of like a, a Venn diagram, except for the, instead of the circles overlapping, they're inside of one another. So basically you have like the smallest circle, which covers like, it's in this very, very center point, is the circle of like, the circle of choice, right? You have control and choice over these like, these little things in this side, in this circle in the middle, right? You've got choice over these things. These things might be reaching out to a friend. You know, you have control over these things. This is like what you're going to do. And then you've got choices over like if you want to learn an instrument, things like that, right? You have control over these things. And then the thing outside of that circle, right, the next the next circle, the one that's just outside of this is going to be like the, the circle of influence. Things that you can either influence their outcome. You can't necessarily control their outcome. Things might be like, Okay, so say you're you have the choice, you can have control over reaching out to your friend. You don't necessarily have control over if your friend is going to be available at that moment or if he's going to be able to hang out, right? And then you've got one that's even further out that, right? Things that you have no control and no influence over. And this might be something like this might be, you know, a meteor striking earth, right? You have no control over that. You have no like um no influence over that happening, right? It just kind of happens. It's something that just happens and you've got like little to no control over that sort of thing and so these the consequences of our choices really and dealing with this graph right or this this circle these locuses is that the consequences of our choices really impact us over the long term so a choice might be that we're going to start studying and the choice and the action associated with that studying right consequences we might get better grades or we might have less time. There's different consequences for one action. And so when we go through that, whatever or not you believe you have control over something is kind of, there's this like gray area that's like kind of on the side, right? It's kind of like, do you have control over this or do you not have control over this? And it's kind of a gray area. Things like if your friend decides to show up and hang out, that's kind of a gray area. Yes, you had control over reaching out to him, but did he really have control over him showing up? Or was that of his own accord or just by chance, right? There's things that are like, 
Well, if you believe you have control over it, you're more likely to have, you're more likely to perceive yourself as having more choices and more the ability to have more control over your life. And really when you're dealing with a locus of control, you want to really maximize what you have control over in your life. So one of the ways that you can do this is really it's what you take in in your life. So imagine if you maybe read the newspaper or something, right, every day. What your world looks like, what your circle looks like is it looks like there's this area outside of influence, right, that is the media, that is the news, right? And that gray area grows larger the more things that are in it. Same thing with all these other categories, right? So if you have a lot of different things, like you're constantly reading the news about things you have no control over, or you're constantly like looking at these things, or maybe you're like constantly dealing with things that you have only a little bit of influence over, maybe you're talking to other people, trying to get these things to work out, and you're working, whatever area you focus on in this uh, locus really starts to grow. So what you want to do is you really want to grow the area that you have control over, because that gives you the most amount of controlled the most amount of responsibility the most that you can actually do the most that comes out of that some of the ways that you can grow your locus of control is by focusing on the things that you can control as we were saying a little bit earlier but another thing we can do on top of that is when you're making a decision being able to step back think for a second right being able to take a breath in the middle of a choice right giving realizing that what you're doing right now is actually making a choice you're making a decision that has consequences and has effects to it right being able to step back take a breather helps you not make such like emotionally heated choices and decisions i mean like speaking of roman romeo and juliet there's a lot of that where they didn't like they didn't even really think about it they were just like ah, oh, i'm gonna go drink this poison that will make me sleep and that's a great way to have a lot of people you know be very confused on your whereabouts and then there's a whole thing where the knife and like you know you don't need to go into that whole ordeal you need to just take a breather don't let emotions get you know the better of your decisions and choices in life because even your emotionally charged decisions have consequences that you have to live with uh, and then the third thing this is a lot more about the proactiveness yes we've learned about choice we've learned about the locus control now we're going to talk about being proactive and taking initiative because this is really where the choice comes into play this is where you know, having a choice and having a say and making your choice really starts to make a difference. If you're more proactive about things and you're proactive about making choices and about interacting with other people, commitments, all these other things, your life will start to change slowly. You'll start to be like more on top of things. You'll be more responsible. You'll be able to handle more. And with that, being able to handle more comes with more things, more opportunities and more success. So, and you even open yourself more up to more uh, to more enjoyment. Uh, being able to take initiative and to be proactive can give you opportunities that can give you the ability to enjoy new things. You might be able to go on a trip with your friends if you take the initiative to not only reach out to them to get the trip set up, but also to get work done and to um, get some like work over, uh, over hours and all sorts of stuff. So. Another way you can do this, and this is something that I do, is um, I'm proactively lazy. I think that's a, that's a good way to say it, right? Because I don't like doing chores. I don't like doing homework, right? But what I do is I get it out of the way first. So what I do is I, I get the work done as soon as possible so that I can be lazy later, right? If I get the work done now, then I can be lazy and I can enjoy my time and do whatever later. 
So being proactive allows me to, it gives me more time. I'm also less stressed about what I have to do. I don't have to worry about doing chores or doing this and that later in the day because it's already done. Once it's done, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to stress about it. It's already done. And if you do things and you're proactive and you get things done before a deadline, then you get the rest of the deadline to enjoy, maybe make some revisions, maybe improve your work. But otherwise than that, you can enjoy the time before a deadline rather than rushing and stressing out about it. And the sooner that you take responsibility and complete a commitment to someone, the sooner you can enjoy your time, right? So being proactive, completing it before it's due, great way to reduce stress and to start to grow your initiative. One of the instances that comes to my mind when I'm thinking about being proactive would be taking like taking absence or to leave or going on vacation, that sort of thing, whenever you're not expected to be there on a certain day, right? Being proactive about getting a responsibility out of the way, be it like reaching out to teachers or to superiors and saying, hey, I'm doing X, Y, Z. I'm not going to be available here. Is there anything I can get done now? Is there anything you need from me in the time being before I leave on this trip? I've gone on quite a few trips and I've taken out quite a few days in school. I've actually had quite a few times where I haven't like towards the end of the year, there'll be like a fourth of the year left. And I won't be able to take a sick day out because if I do, then I'll like start, I'll start getting that like zone where they're like, we're watching you kid because you've taken so many days out. And I've had that happen so many times. I don't think there has been a year yet where I've had, you know, perfect attendance or where I've had like, just, I've been there enough times, you know, I haven't used any vacation days basically. And so a lot of the times I use up all my sick days and everything. So as going through that, right, one of the things you have to do is when you're taking an absence or when you're like leaving or something, you have to make sure that you reach out to your teachers and that you get everything squared away. Maybe superiors if you're working, like, hey, I'm not going to be available here and here. Um, here's when I get back, this sort of thing, getting everything approved and whatnot. Because a lot of times what happens is if you don't, if you're not proactive, things start to pile up and bite you in the butt, basically. I had a few instances when I was in like sixth grade when we went on a trip one time where I I don't remember it, but I think I didn't reach out to my teachers at all. And what happened is, is that I got back and I had two weeks worth of stuff and I did not have a lot of time to like finish it up. And basically I was like left with all of this work coming back that if I were to have, you know, reached out to my teachers and gotten stuff ahead of time, I might've been able to finish it before I even went on the trip. And have submitted it on the trip not even have to think about all this work that I had. Instead, I was not very proactive and very reactive in the sense that I just got back and I reacted to all of the work and stuff and had to mean being overwhelmed with all of the number of things that I had up, like that I had to do then on top of keeping up with the class at that point. So whenever you're going to be absent, making sure that you're proactive about that is really super important. So another thing when it comes to being proactive, another thing about taking initiative is when it comes to studying. Um, I was thinking about like, you know, when you're taking a test, right, being proactive, there's actually a, I'm trying to remember what the law is called, but there's some sort of psychological um, thing that happens basically that over a period of time, right, you get to a certain point, you start off with it when you're studying, right? You study, 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 and then over a period of time, your your ability to recall what you've studied starts to go down and eventually reach this point. So what you have to do is you have to constantly refresh that mind. So being proactive and starting to study early, even if it's only five minutes, even if it's only 10 minutes, 
And if you do like two weeks before and do that for a couple of days, like five minutes, 10 minutes, and then, you know, you study for a little bit, right? And then later on, you'll be able to recall that information much easier and you'll be able to get a much better grade by being proactive in that way whenever you're trying to study. Because when you're proactive about studying, you can get a much better grade, which will help you out in the long term, which is super, super beneficial to you. So taking initiative and really, as we were saying, taking initiative on commitments, taking initiative on social events, taking initiative on grades, all of these things, especially, okay, so I've got a funny story and it's a sad story. Um, basically, I had an assignment and it was me, it was me and my, one of my best friends and this was for health class and this was like the last, this was literally the last project for the year. And this assignment was worth, literally, it was worth 99% of our grade for the marking period. And this grade really determined what we got in the class, basically. All of our health grade was determined all by this one single assignment. And what happened to this assignment, and I'll tell you, it was really, it wasn't that bad of a project. It was just like kind of a lot of work and actually doing the work. And so we broke down, me and my friend, we, we broke down what we had to do. We got as much as we could done. We finished the, the assignment pretty much on time. We submitted it. We were like, okay, great. We submitted it. We're done. We don't have to worry about it. And then what happened is a couple of days later, it was like almost a week later, we were looking at our, our grades and we're like, we have an F for this project and we have an F for the class for the year. And we're, lo we're looking back and we're like, this this isn't right. This shouldn't be the case. So we went and we, we eventually talked to the teacher and the teacher was like, oh, well, you know, you, you weren't proactive. You did not come out and reach to me the second that, like, I put in your grades and stuff. You waited until the last week before school ended to come and talk to this. I'll I'll see what I can do, but there's, like, literally, school ends uh, this Friday, and there's not much I can do about you for your grades and stuff. And we're like, and we went through, we had to go through and prove that we finished the project on time. So we had to actually go into the project, go into the Google Doc, and then prove that we finished the project on time by showing that the last time that we edited the project was and it goes through and you have to like go through and show in like a, basically a code basically look at the code and the metadata for your project and show that the last time you edited it opened that project was the date before it was due we went through and it turns out that schoology when we were or the program that our school uses for submitting assignments that when we were submitting the assignment something happened where the project didn't get submitted. So basically we pressed the submission button. We were like, okay, great. We submitted it. And then we forgot about it. And then two weeks later we looked back and we're like, it, there was an error. It didn't submit. So, and the teacher was like, I don't even have any like proof that you actually tried to submit it. So it was a whole big ordeal. And what, what happened is that we weren't proactive about talking with the teacher about it. And so there was, very little she could do. I I looked back recently and I was like, okay, so it actually did get resolved. We did get like a B for the marking period and stuff, but it was like, it was really close to because we were proactive about it or because we were not proactive about it, we nearly like got an F for the marking period. And there's situations like that that really start to add up over time where being proactive really pays a difference in your grade. I hope you enjoy this episode of Younger, Smarter, Better. You can find more information and resources in the description section below. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, this has been Christian Alita, the founder. I hope you enjoy and in look into our other episodes that are coming out in the future. And as always, stay hungry for knowledge. <laughs>